Broadcasting from beautiful, tropical Vero Beach, Florida, it's Money Nation with Ed Gardner. Good morning and welcome to Money Nation. Today's special guest is Dr. Santiago Figaro. Santiago grew up in the Dominican Republic where he attended medical school. He then moved on to Loma Linda University in California and got his neurosurgery degree. After that, he attended the University of Pennsylvania and got his professorship in neurosurgery. Today, he's a neurosurgeon in Miami. Welcome to the Money Nation show. Thanks for being with Welcome. us, Santiago. Thank you for having me, uh, Ed. It's a, it's a pleasure to chat with you at any time. And uh, it's a pleasure for me to be your guest today. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, the first question, you grew up in the Dominican Republic. You were a concert pianist, very talented. How did you become a brain surgeon? Well, I, I, I've been uh, following uh, deep passions in, in life since I was uh, six years of age. So at that age, uh, my mom decided that I should be a pianist. So she took me to the conservatory. But at the same time, I, I was playing in the backyard, playing with little bugs and animals, trying to cure them, particularly when I found a cure one. So I used to steal her medications and make my own potions to try to heal these, uh, these bugs and uh, and, and that passion of being medicine and helping uh, grew up uh, to the point that when I graduated high school, I had a big dilemma between uh, continuing a career as a concert pianist of 12 years already or, or following a dream in, in medicine. You're a neurosurgeon. Could you tell us a little more exactly what you do? You, you specialize in anything? Well, a neurosurgeon is a... Is, is one fascinating area of medicine where uh, we are deal with diseases of the brain and any of the portions of the nervous system. And that includes the spine, the nerves, uh, and, and, uh, and we try to heal any problems that happen. So obviously when, when somebody has brain trauma and or strokes or, or uh, tumors in the brain, the neurosurgeons are the one involved, uh, back pain and radiculopathy, which people call sciatica or things like that are, are common disorders that we treat. Um, but within the neurosurgery, there are many specialties. Some people focus on taking care of brain tumors and they're great brain tumor surgeons, other focus on, on doing spine and back uh, um, or doing peripheral nerves. So there's many sub-specialties, particularly I, I uh, love trauma and, uh, and spine surgery. Spine surgery is probably my main focus now, but trauma of the brain is something that I uh, also take a lot of patient, care of a lot of patients with. Um, mine is subspecialty after I graduated neurosurgery in Loma Linda and then went to the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, uh, was focused on what we call functional neurosurgery, which is trying to modulate how the brain works and the nurse works without altering them in any, in any way. So, uh, so I did a lot of implants of stimulators for Parkinson's disease, and I still do. And I'm now uh, kind of uh, venturing in researching on transcranial magnetic stimulation for people with uh, trauma to the brain, so we can help them heal faster and, and improve. So, so as you see, there's a lot of uh, things that we focus on as neurosurgeons. So I have so, so many passions uh, within the career. It's pretty amazing. You could help someone, you know, regain their being able to not be paralyzed and all kinds of things with their brain. It's, it's really fascinating. And you got to really feel good about, you know, doing that job, you know? 
it's a very rewarding career, I can say, you know, you, you feel very, very glad of helping a lot of people, as you say, there's some people who thought that they could, could never function again, and they're functioning again. And there's many lives that we have uh, altered by helping them through the career. So it's always busy. So the, the way medicine is going in today, uh, less people are going into medicine. So that means more work for the ones that are sticking with it, uh, more patients. So, so it's always uh, a busy feel. Um, now I'm, you know, trying to manage and balance uh, my future as an aging neurosurgeon to try to make sure that I can figure it out how to keep contributing, but at the same time try to uh, uh, slow down because uh, otherwise you end up dying in the operating room. And, and, and I don't think I want that. I want to continue helping, but also uh, living a healthy life. Well, with that, we're going to talk about your next venture and. Uh... Let's talk about your, your love of music, how you were a concert pianist, and how that led to your next venture, Stagewood. So I did, um, as I said, I, when I was young, I, I spent many years in the conservatory. I actually became uh, uh, humbly a very good uh, pianist player. I had a lot of uh, friends and people in the conservatory that will gather together to hear me playing. But, uh, but I went through... Uh, one of those dilemmas in life that I think way too many people are facing nowadays. And is that uh, when I was a teenager, I was now playing in a jazz band at night. I was trying to go to school to do my uh, medical school at the same time. So at some point I realized that I wasn't good at my studying because I didn't have time to study during the nights uh, when I was supposed to because I was playing piano and playing with the jazz band until late night hours, as you can imagine. On the other hand, I wasn't doing well neither on the jazz band because I wasn't practicing during the day when I was supposed to be practicing to be good at it. So, so I, I had a dilemma at, at, and it was just about the time when I'm finishing uh, high school and I'm starting medical school and I realized that I couldn't be great at both. And, uh, and I, I'm a particular person that, that likes to do anything I do well. I don't like to do things halfway. So, so I, I was faced with the decision, do I, do I quit medicine and my studies and become, continue becoming a musician or do I, uh, do I quit music and, and, and dedicate myself to the studying? So there, there was a lot of conversations and a lot of, uh, uh, of meetings with my uh, professors in the conservatory, as well as with my teachers in school. And what I found out is that there was no pathway at all for a young child who is hopeful to build a career in music, even within conservatory, I was at the point where they say, well, you're done. I mean, you already learned it, you're playing great. So now it's a matter of being lucky, find somebody to discover you and trying to use you. And, you know, I was giving my own piano, classic piano concerts and playing jazz at night. I, I, at that moment, I was puzzled. I mean, how much successful could I be before I can start making a couple of bucks without having to spend all nights playing in the jazz, in, in the jazz club? So, uh, so on the other hand, the medicine career was very clear out. There was a clear path. I got to take my classes. I got to go through the semesters, graduate, do a specialty. And, and then if I'm good enough, I can probably get to be in the United States or something like that. So to, to me at that point, it was, a, it was a dream impossible. By the way, I'm the first neurosurgeon from the Dominican Republic here in the United States. Wow. We were certified. So, so, so it was an impossible task then 
But, uh, but I made a commitment. I said, okay, I'm going to do it well. I'm going to study hard and I'm going to become a neurosurgeon and I'm going to make it to the United States and become a neurosurgeon there. Um, so, so you can imagine I, I had to drop my passion completely. I closed piano. I never played piano since. Uh, and I focus on becoming a good doctor and trying to make my dreams happen. As I tell many people, the, the, there is a course on life and is that, you know, when you achieve something like that, then you start thinking, maybe I can achieve anything I want to. That's for sure. So, That's so, for that, sure. so coming to stage with that, at, the, at, at this time when I'm thinking, you know, what do I do in the future of my career? Where, how do I retire from medicine? What am I going to do when, when I'm a... Uh, an elderly person, am I going to continue operating like I see very old people doing and, and not doing well at the end of the day? So I said, no, I mean, maybe this is another venture in my, another diversion in my life where I can make a decision and do whatever I want to do. And uh, going back into all the times where I have been in those diversions, I went back to those 16 years of age and say, wow, if I will have had some guidance then, somebody to tell me, oh, there is a pathway, we can help you, we can guide you to where you need. Will I make the decision to go to medicine or will I make the decision to, to go to music? And, I, and, and the answer is, I don't really know. So I say, why don't I try to work out to create that opportunity for the younger people? So how do we in this mess of entertainment and talents create a way that we can at least tell people you do have talents you, and if you do want to pursue it, this is what you need to do. This is the education that we need. This is your mentors. This is the people who are going to help you out. So that idea, I started cooking. Then I, I had a, a, a cognition as I am in the school again, because I like to learn and I keep learning all the time. So I went back at some point to the, to the university and I did a master in healthcare administration and a, an MBA at the University of Miami. And while I was taking those classes, I hear a little snippet about blockchain technology. And, and this, I said, well, this, this sounds like a great uh, uh, new technology. Let me learn a little bit more about it. So I, when I study, I figure out, wow, this is going to change how we do a lot of things in life. And I want to apply it to medicine at some point. But then I realized, wait a second, for the disorder of the entertainment industry, if we can create a way to secure agreements, to make people honest in entertainment, to commit people to do the things that they agree to, maybe it could work out. So then I tried to put together blockchain technology with the idea of helping the talents. And that's how the whole Stagewood uh, project is born. You've got Stagewood, there's Ticket, the app, and then there's Fanatics. What are they and how do they relate? So, so what, when we started, we've been uh, conceiving this project for three years. So we, we've gone through many iterations of where do you go? Where do you start? What do you do? So uh, at the end of the day, what we want, what Stagewood aims for is to create a environment where people can be tested, be identified, and then we can help them out to follow through a career. And then we can create honest transactions between them, producers, people who need them, and make sure that at the end of the day, uh, everybody's honest in the transactions. And at the end of the day, the people who have the talent are taken care of. Healthcare for, that they don't have, uh, retirement plans that they don't have, 
many of the things that there is not a systematic uh, caring for the talents we want to achieve through stage. We then realized that in order to do that and create those agreements, we need to have people joining us and wanting to be part of the community. So ask, how do we create a community that talks about entertainment? And then that's where we decided that, wait a second, we're going to create uh, a community. And then how do we do that? Then this, the idea of a social media application, just like Facebook is for friends and LinkedIn is for professionals, and we decided, why don't we create that connecting social media platform for entertainment, for fanatics, for talents, for producers to get together, meet together, and then create discussions. And then as those discussions grow, the application itself will allow them to make the right agreements. And then, and then it started growing and it's to the point now that we have a beautiful application, social media app that's going to be launched in the next uh, days uh, on May 10. We're going to release it to a private group of people uh, who we're going to get feedbacks to tell us how they feel about it. And we're set to launch it in, in the App Store and the Android Store on August 10, after we get a little time to review it. Now, it's, it's, it's going to be a social media app, but you also can purchase tickets to all kinds of concerts, sporting events and everything else. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So for the, for the fan, uh, the user in general, you're going to be able to... Uh, identify events, things that are happening in whatever area you want. You, you're going to open the application. You're going to be able to see what's happening in your town or in your in your dedicated area that you want to look up. You can move around a map. So we we have a couple patterns already on how we're going to display a multitude of data in one map for you to see events that are happening in, in the queries that you pursue. Uh, you'll be able to see the details of those events. You'll be able to chat with your friends, to create group chats, to talk about those events, talk about the talents that are involved in those events. You'll be able to contribute to the event. So I would say in Ticket, you, you, you'll be part of the event by adding posts and comments and, and adding stories about how you either expect to enjoy the event or how are you enjoying the event and how you did enjoy the event. So we're trying to create an entity of the event for, for the user. Obviously, once you find the event that you want to talk and engage with, you're going to want to buy tickets for that event as well. So then there is a whole logistic behind how do we find tickets for you? How do we search the market? How do we uh, look for all of the suppliers of those tickets and we get to you the, uh, the uh, best deal that we can find? Um, in that regard, also, we may be able to engage events uh, pre-purchasing tickets for our fans. So if an event is announced and you tell me, uh, you tell the application you want to uh, consider buying tickets for these events, instead of you waiting until nine o'clock in the morning, the day that the tickets are released, we as a company will make the list of the, of the individuals who are interested and we will go out there and try to secure those tickets and purchase it on your behalf so you don't have to deal with the scalping afterwards. Uh, so there is a lot of transactions that we're creating trying to make the, the negotiations within the application honest and fair. So Fanatics is, is, is the fan. We're giving them the, the, the special fans of tickets, uh, the name of Fanatics. But we have created a club of Fanatics where, where you can be a free Fanatic member just by using the application, or you can have a premium membership. You can be a gold, a platinum, or diamond member. So the deals that we generate, we're going to make uh, higher discounts for the higher memberships. But also there's extra VIP 
opportunities. For example, for our fanatics, we have uh, secure and we continue to increase the number of suites that we secure in stadiums. So we have VIP suites where we treat our fanatic membership uh, by bringing a celebrity to the suite, getting an event within an event. So you, you go to a football game, you know, one of our suites, you may have one retired football player or somebody you can take pictures with and, and be glad to join it. And the opportunity to be there is not going to be based on price. We're not going to we're going to going to charge you more money because of that great experience. But we are going to expect that you are a fanatic. So it, the fanatic that has the most posts, the most common, the, mon, the most uh, following of the celebrity there or the team playing will get better opportunity to make it to one of those seats. And obviously, if you're a Diamond member, you will have uh, premium membership uh, opportunities as well. Very interesting. Very interesting. That's what we want. You want people behind it and the, you know, they'll be rewarded for, for their efforts. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, Santiago, and we'll be right back. Uh, remember, listeners, any questions at all about your portfolio, your investments, always feel free to give me a call at 518-255-8854 or email me at edgardner at cutterco.com. We'll be right back. All opinions expressed by Ed Gardner and or his guests on the Money Nation show are solely Ed Gardner's and or his guests' opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Cutter & Company or any of their affiliates. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Ed Gardner and or guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only in as an expression of their opinion. Ed Gardner's and his guests' opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither Cutter & Company nor affiliates and or subsidies warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Always talk to your financial advisor before making such decisions. Welcome back to Money Nation. Santiago, I have another question for you. The name Ticket, T-Y-K-E-T, is that just a misspelling of Ticket or is that on purpose? It's not, it's not a misspelling of Ticket, although it came out pretty close actually to it. So we, we, we wanted to name our application in a special way. And the work behind this application is, is a lot of people, technology-wise, uh, uh, a lot of geeks uh, creating the code that that make things happen within the application. So we started to call, to call it the your your premium crew, your elite crew in uh, entertainment technology. And it happens that that when you translate, you use that phrase in the in the old English language is is Taiyai crew on entertainment technology. So it came out to T Y K E T. And at some point, somebody pointed out, this looks like Ticket. Uh, and, and they said, well, you know what? This wasn't the intention, but we're going to use it. And, and then it's, it's your crew and uh, expert crew in entertainment technology is what Ticket means. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great name. It'll be a good app. And you know, obviously, the regular spelling wouldn't be as good. Um, my next question is, is Ticket just another ticketing app? But before you answer that, you know, now when, now when you buy tickets, you go to Ticketmaster, StubHub, I bought a ticket for a concert more than a year ago, but it was like $45 for a local show. And the, the Ticketmaster charges were like $19.95. It's like 50% of the price of the, of, the, of the show is the fee. And you've seen that many, many times. And people sell tickets on StubHub. Sometimes these scalpers have the bots and they buy a bunch of tickets. They list them on StubHub. They'll sell them. Someone will buy and they might sell it again. I mean, you end up paying more for fees than you are for the actual shows. So, is ticket just another ticketing app, or uh, is it better? Is it a better solution? It, it is a question that that we have faced in a couple of times. The intention of ticket was never to sell tickets, so we we don't we we want to be the social media platform where people come in 
to talk about entertainment, to, to talk about events, and then to find and, and group together and then enjoy those. However, it, it is a fact that if, if I get you the event that you want, you're going to want to buy that ticket. So then our main interest is not to make uh, revenue out of the ticket. And actually the main revenue of ticket as an application comes from advertisement within the application, from events promoting themselves to try to be the first one to be shown to you or to, or to fulfill the likes of the individual. So there's many ways that we can create and generate income within the application. That ticketing actually is a very small part of what we can generate as, as revenue. But we decided that it is in the best intention and effort and goodness of the individuals of the user for us to try to find out ways to try to avoid what you're just experiencing. The problem is that in the ticketing industry, there is a lot of factors that, that, that are um, involved. One is uh, uh, the venue gets a commission of those fees. The talent sometimes makes a commission of those fees. So Ticketmaster has a great explanation of why they're fees are that high at some point when you add taxes and when you add all these uh, charges. What we never understood is what you are pointing it out. So if you're reselling the ticket again, why are you charging for those expenses again when you're not giving that money to the venue or you're not giving it to the others? So one solution that we uh, are adding into ticket is that if, if I purchase the ticket and I bring it into the ticket application, we will bolt it, that will we'll host that ticket for you. So if, if you are an individual and you want to resell that ticket later to another ticket user, we will give you the opportunity to sell that ticket to the ticket user and we'll make the transaction for you. But the charges are going to be your credit card charges and minimum charges because we don't need to pay anybody any, anything else between you transferring a ticket to another user. So the more people join the application and, and purchase the ticket through ticket, by the way, we sell ticket masters. So we don't, we don't sell ticket ourselves. So when you and the application say, I want a ticket for this event, we're going to connect with Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster is already giving us the, the information on the ticket and transfer the ticket. So, uh, but, but that char those charges will be paid once and we'll try to control it so that within the application, it doesn't happen. Then there is the other issue of, of the business of entertainment, which is uh, uh, brokers. So brokers have a very bad uh, uh, reputation because people call them scalpers or, or so forth. But we, we decided to go and learn about them uh, before we create something that might compete with them or hurt them in any way. And, and one of the things that I learned in my first meeting with brokers is that they actually bring value to the entertainment industry. So when you're putting up a show, you don't know if your show is going to sold out or not. So there is expenses involved on it. So the people who take the risk, and you're being a financial guy, you know what risks involve in, in money. The people who actually buy the tickets when a show is sold out are the brokers. They're taking a hit. So many times they make a lot of money when you buy a ticket for the Super Bowl and you resell it very expensive later. But many other times, like we are doing now in, in, in our own suites, we buy tickets for the suites and the suites are empty. So we're losing all of the empty seats and the cost of those seats. So the risk is on the brokers for many of the events and event venues realize that they need them because they need them to secure their financial structure of any entertainment events. So then we realize, okay, so we need to be also a resource to the brokers. So one way or another. So what we're doing is now we're connecting with the brokers, allowing them to put their inventory into ticket. 
And guess what? We don't charge them any fees to exchange with other brokers. So the ticket can change hands many times without any fees increasing the value of the ticket. And then at the end of the day, when the final user purchases a ticket, there is one fee that they will pay. So if we are convinced brokers to come in and join within the community, the, the, the repetition of the fees that makes the ticket expensive could be avoided. And, and uh, trust me here, we study the, we call it the history of a ticket. So when a ticket is initially originated and all the steps that it goes to before it gets to the person, you cannot imagine how many fees. So it's, it's first the fees of the producer who produced the show and sells the ticket, then the fees of Ticketmaster, then the fees of the broker who's buying it and trying to make a commission on it, a decent commission. Sometimes it's, they make 10, 15%, it's not a big deal of how much money they make. But when, but for them to put it up for sale, they need to put it up in another platform. Like a, a, stop a, up. a, a stop up is the final seller. So there's still before a stop up, there is a point of sale where they broadcast all these tickets inventory to stop ups and to the final uh, marketplaces. So those, that has a fee as well. And then the stop up fee. So when you add it up, Everybody's collecting a fee in the way. So and we're trying to consolidate the entertainment in our community, at least in the people who are playing within Ticket and within Stagewood. Uh, I, I, we're, going, we're trying to help stop up to sell their inventory through ours as well. We're trying to connect to all of these people. So what, what the goal of us is to find you, the user, the best deal for the ticket that you're looking for. If we found it within our community and it hasn't gone through the trips of going through many hands, maybe we'll save you a lot of fees and a lot of uh, uh, commissions in between. If we can add, and the ticket is only available in the secondary market and stop of somewhere else, then, then, then we'll tell you, this is where it is and this is where you can find it. But right. our map will, you, will show you in all the seats available and, and what the prices are. And if it's ours, you will see a special logo that says, this is, this is a ticket originated initial purchase that will save you compared it to the competition. That's very interesting. So if, if people can exchange tickets without the fee, you'd figure maybe these brokers are going to come there and do their exchanging on there instead of other platforms, correct? Correct. It makes a lot correct. of sense. Uh, you obviously can go to ticket and buy Ticketmaster type concerts for around the country, but you're going to have some of your own events as well. What are some of those first events you're going to have? So so we have uh, we have. Uh, try to envision opportunities and uh, for our users. So remember our goal is to bring community and to bring people to be interested, to be part of Ticket and part of the stage with community. In order to do that, you have to provide some benefits to them. So we, we are connecting with the platforms to find your tickets for whatever event you find that you want to go to. But at the same time, we are go we're investing in pre-purchasing in many of the events, VIP tickets. And, uh, and we're doing that by, purchasing like any other broker so we can get those tickets into the ticket platform and, and, and make sure that they don't go through the many hands before they get to the user. But also um, trying to get special deals with tickets. So we are partnering with some of the, uh, of the venues and we're like where we have our suites. And, uh, and whenever an event is announced, we have the opportunity to pre-purchase at pre-sale prices. So as the ticket community give us feedbacks and we know who's following what we can predict how much sales we might have initially in within our community and we can pre-purchase those at a significant discount we we might make a gain on those purchases but never 
to sell over what the initial sell is at. So that's one way that we're trying to create uh, uh, value to our users. The other way is uh, having our own suites in somebody else's events. Like we have uh, a Mayweather fight coming now in the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Well, we have a suite there. So the suite is already pre-purchased. We already pay the seats for a price. Now we just basically having our followers to compete on who wants to be there because the price that we sell those tickets is our cost plus a 15% charges or to make sure that, that that we don't go broke so so they can purchase those tickets and resell them later for more money we're trying to avoid that making sure that at the end of the day we're going to sell it to the last to the final user that is going to consume that ticket but just being part of the society allows you to get into those events because we make the uh, the pre-planning of making sure that are available once we finish our funding rounds that we're going through now, we're going to have our own events. So we're going to have our own concert shows. We're going to bring our own talents. And, and the most exciting part of it is, uh, is, uh, is our virtual competition. So within Ticket, remember there is the talents so social media aspect. So talents join in, they, they promote their talents, they promote their trade, what they can do. But if you do that in Facebook and Instagram, you get nothing in exchange. You get a lot of likes. You might go viral and people might like you, but then what? In Ticket, you'll be able to sign in for a virtual competition. So we're having what we call a Ticklash, which is a virtual competition for talents. And once we identify the top like ones, we're going to put them through a series of judges. And then those judges are going to select the finalists that are going to be sponsored to show up in a festival a live festival in Dominican Republic in Puerto Plata, where we'll have the finals of 140 categories of entertainment. And we're going to select the new stars of the stage with community and ticket that we're going to help out to uh, make them uh, the celebrities that they should be. So those, those are events that are, that are coming up already. The TICLAS uh, uh, logistics and how the competition will work virtually worldwide to then end up in one event, bringing the best people from all over the world in this competition is what has us the most excited about helping young talent to make it. And it could be bands, it could be uh, a violin player, it could be, could it be comedy or acting or... It's 140 competitions in eight different categories. So we have performance arts, as you pointed out. We have uh, music. Uh, I think we have about 15 categories of different music. We have uh, uh, female uh, singers. Uh, we have uh, 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 instrument playing. We have cooking competitions. So we're going to have five restaurants uh, build up for for these uh, parks. The whole festival will be in, in a beautiful park by the sea with a big amphitheater where you have uh, five uh, uh, spots uh, of uh, concerts and finals. And then the, the, the beauty of this is that you will get somebody to win, let's say, the competition for uh, cooking uh, a specific type of food. Then they're going to showcase with one major five-star chef that is going to be that night in his restaurant just mentoring that person. Nice. You're going to end up somebody winning the competition for rock music, and then you're going to have a very famous rock band playing closing that day at the night. So it's two, two weeks of every day closing seven to eight competitions and closing it with big celebrities coming in to, to mentor and to be on stage with the young winners of those competitions. It's a very mm -hmm. exciting event, oh, no. and we're, we're looking forward to it.
really way to mentor kids. Who knows? Who knows who could? Uh, it's like it's like American uh, Idol or the Voice TV show on steroids. You know what I mean? Or many many people can audition and send their uh, tapes in of them playing music or comedy or cooking, whatever, right? Correct. So there, there's a, each competition has its own uh, logistics. You can imagine that a food competition is going to be or virtual is going to be a little different. How do you taste that? Right. We're envisioning ways to do that virtually. So you can put your plate, you can put up where you're going to be showcasting. If it's a restaurant, where you're going to serve it or so forth. We're going to get the public to come in, to taste it and to vote for it. And then depending on the votes that we recorded, as you pointed out, all over the world, there is no, you don't need to go to a place and out it to somebody. You will upload it and then we'll get people to like you. And then the judging are, is gonna go to several steps to make sure that we select the best one for last to come in. But but the ones that are gonna make it to the competition are people who are gonna be voted in for by the population, by our users of Fanatic voting for them. Um, and, 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 then, and then we'll brought them to tour with the mentors. So we're, We'll main agreements with the rock band coming in to perform, to take this young kid and have him open a show somewhere else and then to start presenting them somewhere else. So, and we'll back them up. The, and the most important thing, this is gonna be through the Stage for Entertainment Foundation, which is a non-for-profit to help the talents so that we're not gonna sign them for life. We're not gonna sign them a deal where they we owe them and then they're, they're gonna have to work all their life to pay us back right. the foundation is going to be behind them and supporting them and all we ask for those talents is that they give back to the foundation so when they become famous they come down to the festivals they they do shows to to help the foundation and to support it as well so so there's a lot of people already piling out to to uh, promote to help uh, uh, the kids are uh, uh, growing their career and, uh, and we're pledging for volunteers to join us in the foundation to help us out, provide what they need. You may get thousands and thousands of uh, videos with these kids' bands. You know, it could be really, really incredible. Im imagine you searching through those videos and trying to find the one you like the most. That's that going to be tough. Fun. That's going to be tough. I got to see firsthand your fanatic suite in the Florida Marlins Park when we went to the game together. We saw the Marlins play the Cardinals about a month ago. It was a beautiful suite. It was a double suite, probably what, 50 or 60 people in the, the Florida Marlins suite. Actually, that Marlins suite is the owner's suite. So, so the suite deal that we're trying to, uh, to create are the best suite in the stadium for the fanatics. We for want, uh, as I said, we, we want the best for, for our fans because I, I, I'm the kind of guy that either I do it well or don't do it. So um, the, the hard rock, you got, you got a suite there in the hard rock. We had the 50-yard suite in the Hard Rock, so it's, uh, it's the best view of the game. You get it uh, from, from whatever team you're looking at, you're going to have a great view because it's, it's right in the middle of the field. What other states and stuff are you going after for other suites? You're going to have them everywhere? The, the, the goal is to spread this to every single stadium in the country. So we are, we are starting with the, with the Hard Rock Stadium and the uh, Marlins because it's our hometown, obviously. But as we're raising funds now on our, on our uh, uh, offerings, we're, we're using those funds to build out and start securing deals in every suite in every stadium. So our goal is, is not to stop until we have one suite in every stadium. Where is Stagewood now? Do you have a team? What is the investment? Uh, what is the what's the investment of the team to date so far? So Stagewood has been three years in the grow. Initially, the first two years were a lot of uh, ambition in how we were going to do things, and the last year has been a massive grow. 
uh, on the team and on the investment and on the technology. So we already are close to $2 million invested into it by private funds and, and uh, myself included and some friends and families who are who have uh, committed into the into the uh, project we we over 35 uh, people now uh, most of them developers uh, very high tech development uh, we've been very blessed uh, every time we put a post looking for a new developer we get hundreds and hundreds of applications so i don't know why wow. but it looks like they get attracted by the uh, the in- donating their work to the entertainment industry so we get we get a very uh, uh, talented team in the Dominican Republic that started this with me, and they're actually part uh, of the board of directors and founders of the company. So, uh, so uh, a, a very small group of very talented individuals. And they're here in Miami. We have our offices in, in Blue Lagoon across the street from the airport in Miami. Uh, where we have a, a, a whole sweet field. Uh, we don't feed anymore there. So we moved to from, from Wynwood, from my living room to Wynwood in Miami, and then now to this Blue Lagoon, thinking it was a big office. And, and right now we don't feed anymore. I think we, we filled the last seat available a couple of weeks ago, and now we're running out of space again. Uh, we're very excited because we're cranking up the, the, uh, the application. The application, as I said, is coming out now for people to start testing it very shortly. And, and we're very excited about that and many other applications that are behind that are, allow us to secure the business. So the app ticket is the, is the main thing coming, uh, the beta and then hopefully live in August. What's the near future for Stagewood? Um, I know you're probably getting ready for the, for the competitions, but that's like a year or two away. So the competition will be a year away after August. So it's gonna be probably for the winter of uh, 2022, the festival. So the competition itself will be launched along with a better release of ticket on August. And uh, so you will have the first year of ticket with uh, people joining for being users, but also for ta- talents joining to compete. And, uh, and we expect that the festival takes about a year to program, although we're way ahead because we already secured the site. We're already talking to even the president of the country in Dominican Republic to, uh, they're waiting for us, but COVID has put a, a little bit of a halt on everything. But as we run out of COVID uh, by August, we expect that we can start then the definite planning of so the details. But the country is behind this. They want it for the city. The country obviously is a tourist uh, uh, spot. I think you've been to Puerto Plata. Uh, uh, and uh, and it's, a, it's the first big tourist country, uh, city of Dominican Republic, beautiful beaches. So, so they definitely want to bring the festival. This will be like the, the, the Olympics of the arts. So and we want Puerto Plata to be the capital of those Olympics as we do this festival there every year. It's a beautiful place. It's right on the ocean. Uh, gorgeous amphitheater there, like new. It'd be a great place, yeah. great place for the whole festival. The, um, the, the artists, the artists, a lot of times the artists don't like their tickets getting scalped or people paying a lot of money and all that. How are, how is ticket, the app going to help the artists get their tickets to the fans? So, so the, the artists will have their own profile pages and they, they do have it already. So in Ticket, we, we are filling their pages based on the events that they have, the history that they have, and we're uploading them. But, but they can contribute by coming in and taking ownership of those uh, pages themselves and just like uh, their Facebook pages or Instagram pages and communicate directly with the fans. Um, if they um, talk to their producers and get in, in, in board with us, I mean, we'll make sure that the ticketings are not going through the scalpings that they go uh, in within our app. 
they, they can have control of how they distribute those tickets if they want to distribute directly to the fans. Just by calling us and telling us, you know, uh, how, how many tickets are going to be available, when they're going to be available, we'll, we'll, we can create the boss of having the fans tell us uh, pre-register for the purchase of the tickets, so, so, which is very easy. Ticketmaster or the others don't do it because uh, it, it, it kind of kills the competition of increasing the prices of the tickets. We want to collect registration early and to agree on the pricing before the tickets are actually sold and put into the market for resale. That's one way that they can contribute to that. Um, the, the other benefit for the, uh, for the talents and the producers and even the venues that we're trying to generate is that as we create artificial intelligence of what's going on, what people are liking, we're creating the opportunity to crowdfund events. So a talent may not realize that they're probably popular enough in Miami and that they have 100,000 followers that are following them in Miami. If the app knows that and know that 100,000 people are following that talent and that talent has not been in Miami for years, we'll send a notification to the talent and said, hey, how about doing a show in Miami? We already have 100,000 followers here following you. And by the way, we already notified those 100,000 followers and there are thousands of them that are willing to invest in this show thousand dollars so we have already a million dollars funds ready to get the show going if you agree there is dozens of producers that will be willing to produce the show for you we don't have to wait for the big company to do that this is your business you do it you decide when you want to do it and we'll tell the fans and it, it, basically we're creating a cloud a crowdfunding platform using the crowdfunding regulation uh, uh, through the SEC so that we can create a real deal that the talents may have not realized that they could have done amazing amazing this things are changing santiago things are changing it's the power well, of social media exactly hey i want to thank you very much for being with us it is uh, really amazing I'm, i can't wait to see the ticket app i go to a lot of concerts and shows myself i think this is fascinating i think the whole stagewood foundation for artists throughout the country uh in many different fields is going to be amazing and uh who knows how big this could be? I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, to the people that may be interested in our project to go to our website, stagewood.com. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Santiago. I'll see you down in Miami soon. And listeners, any questions at all about your portfolio, about your investments, you're ready to retire, you need to roll over a 401k, always feel free to give me a call with any questions. 518-255-8854. Or you can always email me at edgardner at cutterco.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Money Nation. Have a good night.